And I'm Alina, and this is the very first episode of Poetry John's, a podcast. We are so stoked to have Gina Myers here today. Gina is the author of A Model Year and Hold It Down. Her essays and reviews have appeared in Fanzine, Frontier Psychiatrist, Cold Front Magazine, Philadelphia Review of Books, and other places. Gina, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. I'm totally excited to be a part of the first episode. We're excited, too. So you're back in Philly. You just returned from the Boston Poetry Festival. Any highlights? Anything we should know about? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really great weekend. It's been going on, I don't even know how long, but I gave my very first reading ever at the Boston Poetry Marathon in, like, 2002. Um, and so it's an event that I have really like and support, and it's changed some throughout the years. There were a few years where it was called the Boston Poetry Massacre instead of Marathon. Um, but it had been a while since I've been there, but one of the great things about the event, I mean, it's completely overwhelming because there are so many readers in such a condensed amount of time, but there are so many new and exciting voices that you get to hear and discover. And then you also get to see people who you already know, or maybe poets who you've read, but haven't met yet. And so it's just overall a fun, definitely a fun weekend. So we have it on good authority that uh, the crowd sang happy birthday to you during <laughs> this event. That's true. I wasn't expecting that. Um, when they went to announce me, they, the person announcing paused, and I was like, Gina Myers. I was like, Did you, you know, just it was someone who, uh, announcing who I hadn't met before, and I was like, oh, I think my name's pretty easy to, you know, pronounce. And But then she was whispering to um, one of the other co-hosts, and... Then he was like, oh yeah, today's Gina's birthday. Let's everyone. And it made me more nervous to read somehow. <laughs> so I should have felt welcoming and nice. And it, and it was, um, but it definitely made me feel like, oh wow, now I have to, Where's you my know. birthday? <laughs> <laughs> so you recently wrote a great review of Morgan Parker's Other People's Comfort Keeps Me Up at Night on Fanzine. And Eileen Miles selected this book for Switchback Books to 2013 Gatewood Prize. And you wrote, Morgan Parker looks America in the eye and doesn't blink or run away. Instead, she keeps coming at it with an unrelenting fierceness that is at turns funny, biting, and heartbreaking. What struck you about Morgan's collection and what made you want to review it? Um, I think uh, sort of what you said right there, the the fierceness that is at turns funny, biting, and heartbreaking. But um, I mean, I've been looking forward to Morgan's book coming out for a while. Uh, I feel like in the past year or so, I really started to become aware of her work. Uh, she just She's publishing a lot of poems in a variety of places, and she writes essays. You know, she's a very exciting person to follow right now. And so I was excited when this book came out, and it didn't disappoint. You know, the poems were fun, they're smart, they're critical, and... They, they're well crafted, you know. Like, I mean, I, I don't know, like, what, what else to say beyond that. No, the, the, um, the review is great. I yeah. mean, we'll, we'll link to it um, on our website so everyone can read it. Mm-hmm. I think it would make anyone want to read the book. Cool. So, we're in this wild and crazy election year. Uh, the political news landscape is super splintered and super hype, as always. Uh, are there any news sources that keep you sane or that speak to you? Um, Twitter. And I, I do believe Twitter is a news source. Um, it's funny, there is, uh, because I do do some social media for my day job, there is studies that we always like follow what people are doing or what they're talking about now. Like the majority of people, Americans, get their news from Facebook. And so that's what they're starting to change how people can share content on Facebook. Like 
you can direct like the New York Times can publish things directly to Facebook instead of even having it on their website and um, yeah it's just like a shifting landscape but I I, I don't Facebook is worries me <laughs> but but I love Twitter and I think that um, especially beyond the election stuff um, this past year with Black Lives Matter and then just a, a lot of the various poetry conversations have been going on or there's currently one going on with AWP um, it, it's just been the best source and it's not just you know listening to people tweet but it's also them linking and sharing their stories and uh, it's really great I think it's given voice to a lot of people who would normally not you wouldn't encounter you know you don't encounter on NPR or CNN absolutely yeah. I think I mean maybe now more than ever people are realizing they can't trust yeah. the news so where do you go to find out what's actually happening yeah. you go to Twitter mm -hmm. Yeah, CNN especially, right? Does, this past year, I feel like they just make like blooper after blooper, and it's just like what? <laughs> well, too now they're they're getting caught doing it, you know, yeah. um, because of Twitter, right? So, does an election year change how you feel about politics? Uh, does it fatigue you? Sometimes we feel feel fatigued. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I think yes is the answer. Um, yeah. I, I get tired of, I mean, I, I feel like what happens during election year is, is that it becomes about single people, and that's never the way, that, that's not how the world works, you know, and so Single it's just people about being the candidates? The candidates, or, okay. yeah, so it's, it's about their personas and their egos, and um, who would you prefer to have a beer with, you know, mm -hmm. like that kind of thing, and, and it just really misses the point, largely, of, you know, looking at what's happening in society, what what's wrong, and what changes need to be fixed, or what changes need to be made, and how do we actually accomplish and do that. And so I definitely get fatigued during um, election years, because I really don't care about the people. Yeah, I mean, even what happened recently with Bernie Sanders getting interrupted by protesters is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, the real world is encroaching on the political news cycle and people are getting mad at the protesters right. for doing this like, yeah wow. and, and to see the sort of people who have like sort of uh, like the Bernie supporters who don't get it you know and don't understand mm -hmm. like what it, like they think oh you can't do that this is terrible and right one day they're know, lauding him for being you know aware of what's going on in this country and everything and then they're like oh why, why are they interrupting poor Bernie it's like, yeah. well yeah, no, like, and I haven't even read, and this is the bad thing that happens, this is something that happens from Facebook specifically, is I see a lot of headlines and I don't read the stories, and one is like, supposedly Bernie supporters now have a chant to shout down Black Lives Matters protesters. Oh, good, if, great, um, great, what's that? That's, wow. <laughs> like I said, I don't, I don't click that, <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. even... <laughs> So I know that you said that who you want to have a beer with is no measure of who you want to be president. But of course, now I have to ask you, of all the Republican candidates, who would you have a beer with? And oh, not man. in the sense of measure, you know, this is not who you would vote for or who you're supporting politically. But I have to know, of the Republicans av available right now to you. Who, who, are you, who are you taking to 12 steps? Right. Right. You can have a beer and, you know, friends. punch them in the face afterwards. <laughs> Satan is one of the candidates. <laughs> He's on the ballot. Yeah, I would, I would hang out with Satan. I bet he can hold his liquor. There, there's, like, um, the Simpsons, they have uh, the Republican Party headquarters meeting. It's always, like, it's in this, like, castle in a dungeon. And, like, Count Chocula is there. And, you know, it's just, like, these funny, you know. Sort of That's so real. They probably villain, don't have high life villainous, like, yeah. 
Fair though, fair. <laughs> Solid. So now I think it's time for a little segment we like to call Bodega Snacks Roulette. <laughs> and this is when we've uh, selected a variety of small plastic wrap snacks and we're all going to sample them on the air. Gina has selected from among many snacks and we have three that have made the count. So we're going to start with the BBQ Cube. Everybody say that five times fast. <laughs> BBQ Cube. BBQ cube, it's it's a tongue twister. They're um, not cube shaped, which is really misleading. <laughs> they they aren't. The package shows them as being circular. Um, no preservatives, no trans fat. Let's let's crack them open. Let's see. Um, number one, BBQ cube. Uh oh. Yeah. The package is hard to open. It's, it's gonna be negatively reviewed. Yeah. Oh. oh. All right. I think we can review these on Amazon. Like we can give these stars and. Tina, as the guest of honor, <laughs> you have to go first. Yeah, we could write maybe Yelp reviews of these. Oh, they're tiny. All right. Alina? BBQ cube. These are not cubes at all. I can't, I can't get no, over they're, this. No, they're, they're definitely circular. There's nothing barbecue about it either. Oh, I like the texture. They're it's tasty. Not, it's not bad. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just not... Crunchy? A little spice. Okay, one, one, one word. A one word. One word review. Shit. <laughs> is that um, shit? Is that no, shit? No, no, no. <laughs> well, that, that escalated but, I mean, quickly. My, 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 my one word review would be like, good. <laughs> good ellipsis. You're not going to be a lot to work with. Solid, <laughs> solid. No, that's fair. Um, moving right along, we have the caramel corn puffs. They are... Uh, strawberry flavored, mm -hmm. so didn't didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> who could have seen it coming? Yeah, the, there is a graphic of strawberries and corn. They're baked, so, and th that's but, what they're. It has caramel in the title. So. Yeah, it does, but there's no caramel image. It's just the strawberry and corn. So, um, all right, Gina, again, you get to go first. They're shaped like what would you say, like cheese curls? They look mm -hmm. exactly like cheese curls. Weirdly, I, I can taste caramel and strawberry. Yeah, they kind of taste like they disintegrate like the the packaging peanuts that are. Um, yeah, we have fifth grade science. We had to like ingest one because they were made to decompose. Yeah, I went to a really crappy public school. <laughs> they didn't give us snacks and, in my public school. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a snack. They gave us packaged that, that peanuts. Was lunch. <laughs> that was lunch. They they kind of have the the, the consistency of a rice cake. Right, like the mm -hmm. there is they it, do taste rice cakey. It tastes yeah, which is interesting because there was the corn on it, but maybe it's it's mostly a rice product. There, there. Okay. I would have another one. <laughs> oh, like, <you> please! <laughs> Again, we have this whole bag. I'm not right about these packing <laughs> Yeah, no. All right, number three. Last but not least, we have the Yubari melon and one word corn chocolate. That's all it says. Yubari melon and corn chocolate. Uh, so let's pop these suckers open. I don't, I don't know what to expect, <laughs> frankly. Um, individually wrapped within the plastic. Oh, <laughs> I did not see that coming. A little you twist You take them here. on the go. Uh, you could like have this in your candy dish at work. These are already destroying the earth, but let's try them. Just in case you forget what you have. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're individually labeled as well. Really hard to bite. Oh, no. I honestly have to admit that I don't know what you're 
Does taste Yabari like melon tastes like it tastes like cantaloupe, right? It tastes cantaloupe? like soap. It I don't. I, the thing with melon is I'm not a big fan of melon unless it's watermelon. That's so much. It tastes like a Bath and Body Works flavor. Yeah, it tastes like yeah. someone's idea of what cantaloupe should taste like. It's really gross. I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. We forgot to get your one word review for caramel corn puffs strawberry flavor. Good. All right. <laughs> yeah, we, got, be... we got two goods and a gross. That's solid. Are they the winners? The caramel corn puffs it's strawberry edition? Well, maybe we should each go around and say our favorite. Okay, okay. okay. I have to try this one. Anyway. So I guess the, the measure would be which of these snacks would you eat sober? Mm-hmm. So the answer can be none. But if there is one that you would eat sober... Um, I'm happy to start because I'm ready. I have to go with the BBQ cube. Mm-hmm. Alina, well, the caramel corn puffs. Like when we get off the air, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep consuming them. <laughs> you had a second one on the air, so that's that's <laughs> really like a I solid did. measure. Yeah, I think I'd have to go with the corn puffs too because I, I took a second of the BBQ cube um, <laughs> just to double check, and it's all right. But I I think I would have to be drunk to eat a lot of those. All right. Well, majority rules. It's going to go to the caramel corn puff. So you can uh, find these on our social media, see a, see a photo of all the snacks that we sampled, and then you can see them if you find them in your local bodega. You can pick up a pack. Um, yeah. I think the other thing we learned here is that cube is just not a good descriptor for a snack item. It's, it's inaccurate. Something. I mean, well, they're circular, too. So it yeah. really just it rubs me the wrong way all over the place. But it, it is a good tongue twister, for sure. It's not um. scientific right like something the Jetsons would have right <laughs> right snack cube. it's time for your snack cube it's <laughs> just like a pellet <laughs> you just get one but it expands <laughs> Gina thank you for playing Bodega Snack Roulette we hope that you know none of us drop dead right after <laughs> consuming these mystery snacks so let's let's move on <laughs> to talking about um the press that you run called Lame House, um, most recently you put out, very recently, um, Erica Lewis's songs for Mary, Rarities, and B-Sides. So we have copies here. The book is absolutely beautiful. Um, we couldn't help ourselves. We were flipping through it before we started. Um, so what makes you excited about publishing this collection? Um, a number of things, but I've Erica is a poet whose work I've long respected and liked, and I've only recently gotten to know her um, over the past year, year and a half or so, and she knows that we share a love for music and a lot of the same music, and in particular Stevie Wonder, and so she told me that she was writing a book manuscript um, that was inspired by Stevie Wonder songs uh, called Mary's a Superwoman, and she started sharing some of the poems with me and she actually would like send recordings of her reading them and they're they're just like great poems and so ultimately I got to a point where I was like I have to publish these like these are great and I hadn't they're all sort of modeled um where they're the, the titles are usually a line from the song and then like there's an asterisk that then points to the bottom at the end of the poem that identifies what song it's from and but then the, po- the, so- the poems aren't necessarily about the song, but sort of recontextualizing the song. And so a lot of us have memories of, that we associate with songs or a song comes on and we associate it with something that happened to us or a friend we had or a family member. And so that's sort of the nature of the project. And for the chapbook, there's two sides to it. So one side is 
Songs for Mary, which is Stevie Wonder side, and then the other side, Rarities and B-Sides, is Hall and Oates. Cool. So there's two sides and there's also two covers, and each cover is just a single photograph, and I love both of them. Where did you source the photos from for the cover? Those are actually Erica's mom, um, and her name is Mary. So uh, Songs for Mary and Mary's Superwoman also has that echo, too. Cool. And there's a dog. Do we know the dog's name? I actually don't. But that record player, apparently, in the picture with the dog, is um, the record player that Erica had growing up and listened. To, you know, first listened to all of his music on. So cool. Do you still have the recordings of her reading? Are you gonna release them as like supplemental material? Or anything? I have some. Um, we haven't talked about that at all, but that's actually an interesting idea. Well, it truly is a beautiful book, and I'm excited to dig into it. Uh, so now here's a question that I'm going to force you to answer. If this book, Erica Lewis's Songs for Mary, Rarities, and B-Sides, were a store, who would shop at it? I think um, it would be a type of store that everyone could shop at. Um, yeah, like a Wawa or something. Um, that, that's, that's my new to Philly uh, dropping like I belong here. No, that's so real. Wawa is one of the only places in Philadelphia where people hold the door open for each other. It's like a great equalizer. Yeah, so it's like a welcoming, inclusive type space. It's a Um, real haven. Yeah, a broad cross-section of life. I I think that this book has that uh, capability to reach a broad audience. That's rad. That's a rad endorsement. The Wawa of books. That's really strong (laughs) praise for Philly. That's about as high as you can get. So, uh, besides this awesome book, um, what what else is coming up for Lame House? Um, I have two books scheduled. Uh, one will be out later this year by a poet named Laura Theobald, and it's called The Edna Poems, and actually that will have an interesting online component because Laura is an amazing uh, visual artist and designer. She actually laid out the book, um, Erica's book, for me. Um, So she does a lot of book design, but she also does a lot of just beautiful artwork. And she's done some animated pages that are from her book that's kind of hypertext-like, where there are animations that, like, might move in some way, but then you can click on parts of it and it'll jump you to a new page. And it's really exciting. So there'll be the print aspect of it, which will be a handmade book, and then um, the online aspect, too. And then I'm going to be putting out a book by a Philadelphia poet in probably January, um, Mel Bentley. And we're still working on sort of finalizing the manuscript. In fact, I'm terrible because she sent me the newest version a couple weeks ago and I haven't even responded or acknowledged the email yet, which is (laughs) sort of more indicative of how my life has been lately. But um, I'm excited about it and we'll definitely get to it soon Mel if you're listening <laughs> Mel if you're listening Gina's I'm coming. not ignoring you if I get sick from these crazy snack treats I don't know but, but, but come I, on I our podcast you... Mel we'll take care of you during the break we found out that silica is a main ingredient in one so well, now we're all I feel worried just about fine. that <laughs> um, <laughs> we're all mutants now <laughs> part silica so, Gina, I wanted to come back to something you said earlier about writing on your phone. Um, I'm curious how this process works for you. 
like when when do you do it versus like when do you write in your notebook and how is it different how's the process of writing a poem different when you're on your phone um I only started writing my phone recently actually since I moved to Philadelphia and I started writing this long poem called Philadelphia that is made up of a lot of short lines and fragments and it just felt natural to use my phone in part because I would be out doing things and so I would be at the bar and I would like oh I can just sit and write this while I'm at the bar and then I'd put my phone away then I'd think of another line and so I just kept going back to it and there's something that feels more natural about doing that in public than it does pulling out a notebook and writing something down um but I, I do, I used to always write, prefer to handwrite things, and I always have a journal in my purse. And I honestly, probably for the past two or three years, I, I hardly write anything in it, and I tend to go more for the phone. But it's definitely in short bursts. And that, I mean, that's kind of how I do my, would do my journal writing too. So there's something similar about it, but there's something more convenient about the phone now. And I like that I can email the note to myself and it doesn't matter if I like I won't lose the journal or I won't go back to it and be like I can't read my handwriting right now and which happens mm-hmm. sometimes um, but it definitely I felt with the poem that I started writing when I moved to Philadelphia somehow that clicked like use, writing on my phone with it somehow went together I think it's, it's so true what you say about writing in public too I mean I, I don't want to feel this way but sometimes I feel like there's a performative aspect of it that I'm not even trying to make happen but you know you, you pull out a notebook at a bar and someone's me like, what are you writing? Right. Versus you're on your phone, people leave you alone. You could be sending a text. Yeah, they whatever. think you're just on Tinder or something. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> they leave you to it. Um, except at readings, I, I use a notebook because I don't want people to think I'm texting when I'm actually just yeah. writing down the line that someone said. So you've been in Philly for going on a year now. Um, what are some weird things about Philly? Because you've lived a bunch of different places. So what has struck you about this place? Besides Wawa. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of weird things about Philly. I think um, the first day that I showed up in my U-Haul from Atlanta, I know, and I moved on to an apartment on Broad Street, I couldn't help but notice the cars parked in the middle of Broad Street. Um, and to this day, like when I have friends come and visit from out of town, they're all like, what is that? Like, wait, you can just park in the middle of the street here? I'm like, well, technically, it's not a space, but because it's not a space, they can't enforce it. <laughs> it's not that you can, it's just that people do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there'd be an uprising if it was ever taken away. Um, yeah, there, there's that. There's, like, the weird storefront stuff. There's the way that people really deck out their windows in South Philly for the holidays and even if it's not a holiday just some sort of like seasonal decoration in the windows um the sports culture is pretty big (laughs) um I you know at the grocery store I go to on Sundays during football season if you go in wearing Eagles gear you get a discount at the store um, I told that to someone from Detroit, and they said, they said, well, I know a grocery store in Detroit that if you go in there wearing Lions gear on a Sunday, they just throw you out. Well, it's great when our teams are doing well, right? There's mm-hmm. a sense of camaraderie in the streets. Yeah. I, I try to say things like Wooter now, and <laughs> John, obviously. That's, that's the one that also so I, I like to tell people from out of town about, and they're like, like oh like John like going to the bathroom I'm like no 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 (laughs) totally different so on that note I think we would love it if you would read an excerpt from your long Philadelphia poem okay I will do it Philadelphia 
New city, same shit, moving through the streets, pre-fall golden and late afternoon sunlight, bright red crumbling brick and shoddy graffiti asks freedom. Each year I fight and each year the things that hold me back feel stronger, shirking the day's responsibilities to sit by the river this afternoon. I wouldn't give this up, but no, it's not freedom. I thought I could find freedom in a book, but I was wrong. Now it's the dream of the road to go and never stop. Now it's the moment at the end of the workday when I take off my dress. Summer heat thick as streetlight shines in the kitchen window where I dance to old soul songs. The love I feel is not a freedom from pain. It allows me to better feel pain. I love the pain, the pain in these old songs, the pain I feel at night. There is no breeze. I do not put myself forward. I'm just here walking down the sidewalk, refusing to make sense of things that can't be made sense of and appreciating my insignificance. She said it was when she knew she wasn't special that she could write poems. A lot of people want to be somebody. I just want to get through the day. Clouds crowd out the sunlight, but I'm going to sit inside a dark bar anyway. I don't trust my phone, but I take it with me everywhere. My dad thinks if my grandma had lived longer, I would have found religion or at least have fewer tattoos. Even so, he says he's proud of the way I up and leave when I want, even when I feel like a failure and have no reason to stay or be anywhere. In America, they shoot kids in the street. In Ferguson, journalists are told they're endangering their lives by being there. Others are endangering their lives simply by being alive. This declared no-fly zone guarantees no aerial news coverage. The militarized police free to do whatever. I don't know how we go on. Maybe we don't. What do you do when the news makes you sick? When living feels impossible? Every day passing the graffiti that asks freedom. Hey baby, come sit on my lap. Why don't you smile? Ooh, I could get me some of that. You got a boyfriend? Bitch, you know you want it. Dumb cunt. If I live longer, I can pay down some more debt. If I live longer, I can accrue some more debt. It's okay to not know how to be happy. The residents of Detroit go without water as I watch the automatic sprinklers run in the rain. Once at the bar, a guy showed me a video of a woman pushing gummy worms out of her vagina. I think he was coming on to me. We had very different views. He said Obama can take his guns from his cold, dead hands. I went dead space and thought about gummy worms. My new boss likes my tattoos. This week I walked into a bar and everyone there knew my name. I don't have to kiss every guy I spend an evening talking with, but I can if I want to. I know it's dumb to say, but the tigers are breaking my heart. It happens each fall. My boss asked me what tattoo I'll get when I leave Philadelphia. I've lived here one month, but she already knows I'll leave. If I don't keep moving, I'll die. That was awesome, Gina. The plane flew by and you said the word aerial, which seems appropriate. We're not going to edit it out. Philadelphia knows. <laughs> Philadelphia says stay. Write more <laughs> poems about me. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun.
I get to take Takis to go. <laughs> you do. That's your gift bag, Takis to go. Um, and now we're going to tuck into these three open snack bags that we have. <laughs> and we dig in. today were it not for all those who donated to our Indiegogo campaign. Huge thanks to Abby Shane, Alexis Smith, Alex Nally, Alicia Weaver, Alicia Levin, Amanda Karinji, Andrew Markham, Andrew Torrey, Avinash Ragapuzzi, Bill Garden, Boston Gordon, Ryan Dunbar, Kara Poe, Carolyn Kent, Chris McCreary, Chris Morse, Courtney Bambrick, Christina Paracchio, Dana Poole, Elena Carey, Eliza Dreyer, Elizabeth Scanlon, Gina Myers, Harry Kent, Ian Davison, Jackie Sedicario, Jacob Hart, Jim Vaseline, Janine Ciancia, Jared Miller, Jenna Ogilvie, Jeremy Tesser, Joanna Lee Simon, John Mark Raffis, Kevin Killian, Laura Blagrave, Laura Lajensky, Laura Spagnoli, Leonard Single, Lillian Dunn, Melissa Degazel, Michael Messina, Michael Petrakis, Michael Sanders, Nicole Steinberg, Patrick Blagrave, Paul Siegel, Rachel Million, Rebecca Cohen, Sarah Sidoti, Scott Signorino, Sharon Sanders, Tess Sanders, Walter Sanders. Poetry Johns is recorded in South Philadelphia with music and editing by Dan King. Thank you so much to all our listeners. We'll see you guys next time.